0: Brought to you by CGTN Europe. Welcome to the Razor Podcast. I'm Emma Keelan. Today on the podcast, we look at the four day work week and how it could
1: change the world of work as we know it. When I ask you to work really long hours, I'm asking you to sacrifice all of that. And it's very difficult to see how any amount of money realistically is worth that because what I'm asking you to sacrifice is your happiness.
0: Today we are without Shinny Samara, but don't feel sorry for her because she is on holiday. But we still wanted to give you a Razor podcast this week to help you through your commute, maybe a walk or another day trapped with the ones you love. So earlier on the Razor podcast, we delved into the realm of social science. We had Andrew Barnes, a New Zealand businessman who is one of the leading proponents for a four-day work week. The employees at his company only work four days a week and they found that productivity actually went up. Shinny and I spoke about him and his company in episode 12 of the Razor podcast, but we thought we'd share the full interview I did with him. Let's face it, you all need all the information you can get to convince your bosses that this is the future. Enjoy. So, Andrew, the best place to start is why did you decide to move to a four day work week for your company in the first place?
2: Well, it all started by me reading an article on the in The Economist when I was on a plane, which said that the Brits were only productive for two and a half hours a day and Canadians in that survey for one and a half hours a day. And I thought, why is that happening? Is that happening in my company? And I then started to think, well, what would happen if I gave my staff a day off each week so they could do all the stuff that comes into, you know, that business life on that day off? And would I then get the same level of productivity? It very simple. It was just that debate. How do I measure productivity? And what happens if we change and rethink the way we work?
0: And it was successful?
2: Well, it was. We ran a trial initially at the beginning of 2018. We found our Stress levels dropped about 15 percent. Our engagement scores, that's enthusiasm, enrichment, empowerment, they all went up about 40 percent. But critically, productivity went up as well. So, in fact, we were delivering the same amount of productivity in the four days as we were in five. And in fact, more people said they were better able to do their work working four days rather than five. And we call this the 180-100 rule, which is 100% of your pay, 80% of your time, provided we get 100% productivity.
0: It seems like a very simple idea, but you have gone global, haven't you? I mean, the media interest has been huge.
2: Yeah, look, I think the way we work today, even before COVID-19, it isn't fit for purpose. It hasn't been fit for purpose for a while. We haven't changed you know, the nine-to-five, the five, nine five-day week since broadly the 1920s, yet we've had all of this revolution in technology and you've got an always on culture. And so basically, everybody is looking for something different. There was no doubt about that and all the surveys even pre-COVID indicated that people were anxious to try and find a different way of working. All COVID-19 will now do, I think, is accelerate that process.
0: You said that the media interest that you've had comes in waves. What do you mean by that? Uh,
2: Yes, it does. So every every time uh, there is another world leader who endorses this, the latest being Jacinda Ardern here, you get a wave of media from around the world. Um, I always say to my team, you know, you've made it when you're being interviewed on Drive Time Colombian Radio. Um, it, It transcends borders and cultures, it comes out of the most, you know, extraordinary countries that you would have thought they wouldn't be thinking like that. Uh, And recently I was talking with a a chief executive of a multinational 70,000 people, you know, when they surveyed their staff, 80% of them from all over the world said they wanted a four day week. So this is very, very topical. And that's why it keeps running and running and running in the media. Um, we, As I said, we think the global audience is over four and a half billion now for this.
0: So how did the changes that you implemented before the virus help during lockdown in New Zealand?
2: Well, I think the key problem that people had when they sent their staff home was you had to have trust.
0: And it was successful. You had to trust
2: your employees that they would work. You know, I know of some companies that made their staff keep Zoom on all day so that they could be seeing whether their workers were working Um, And at the same time, you had to be able to measure productivity. Now, one of the problems historically has been, especially in service industries, is we have no idea how to measure productivity. The benefit we had is that as part of the process of moving to four day week, we had worked out what productivity was. We'd asked our staff to tell us how we should measure them. We'd verified that. And we built up this incredible level of trust. So for us shifting to homeworking really was no issue at all we'd all tested as you do in new zealand your you know disaster recovery things we have to do that obviously because of the earthquakes that we can get here and so actually we would tested not just our systems but we'd actually tested our people before we went into COVID. the net result of this that in new zealand today only about 10 percent of employees are not either directly working for the government or on some sort of government wage subsidy or benefit. And we're one of those companies. We have seen absolutely no change in our company performance through the lockdown.
0: What changes do you think the world will make in business after this pandemic? Well,
2: look, I think we've all enjoyed clearer skies, less pollution, um, less traffic on the roads, arguably better family cohesion, more time to do the things that's important to us. So I am really hopeful that we will come out of this actually absolutely rethinking the way we work. I hope and pray that a four day week will be part of that because it addresses a lot of these key issues, you know, around um, equality in the workplace, gender pay, access to the C-suite, It addresses the bigger pandemic, arguably in the world, is mental health. One in four or one in five of your workforce at any point in time have a stress or a mental health issue. And that is often occasioned by, you know, things like work, the amount of time you're spending on commute and so on. So I am hopeful that from this, we will actually rethink there are good things that have come out of the lockdowns. The tragedy will be if all we do is go back and do exactly the same thing as we did before. And that, I think, will be a a real waste and a massively lost opportunity.
0: After seeing the attention this initiative was receiving, Andrew and his partner Charlotte Lockhart set up Four Day Week Global, and the pandemic has seen another wave of requests for guidance. We mentioned Charlotte on the show, but I also spoke to her for quite some time and she had some great insights about why the 4-Day Workweek can be a game changer for business. Charlotte, tell us about this 4-Day Workweek movement. I mean, it started inside the company, but has spread out even further now.
1: Well, so what we found when we did it with the company is that as we traveled, people were really interested in hearing a bit more about what we'd done, but also we started to learn and share other people's experiences. And so what we discovered was that there was a real need to connect people in this whole conversation. So in Europe and in the UK, of course, the whole conversation around working shorter hours is quite well advanced, and it even became part of the the UK general election. But uh, other way, other places in the world, it's still particularly America. It's still um, something that people uh, can only dream of. But as we've entered through this over the last two or three years, more and more companies are thinking about doing it, and more and more companies are actually taking the leap and doing it. In terms of changing
0: legislation, you have worked around it. For your company New Zealand but for other countries around the world does it come down to the government changing legislation to help companies do
1: this? If we were waiting for government to change legislation to help companies do this we'll be waiting forever and then it's no criticism of any government it's just the nature of government it's much more slow moving but also it would take a very broad brush it would it, you know it'd be like um, solving a, pr- a problem you know hitting a nail with a sledgehammer because my four-day week doesn't look like your four-day week. So, therefore, putting legislation in place that determines what a four-day week or a reduced-hours work week looks like is is a real uh, challenge. So, uh, my view is that the sort of things that we we want government to be doing is making business accountable to the way that they measure their outcomes, the way that they measure and report what they do. So, for example, in the UK, businesses have to report on their gender and diversity statistics – well, what if we had to report on our employee well-being statistics? What if we had to report on our environmental impact? And all of the things that reducing the number of hours that we work, all the benefits, all side benefits that, they, that if companies had to, re, to report on it, then they would look for mechanisms to give them those things to improve their reporting structure. And so... It might be reduced work hours, it might be other things. It doesn't realistically, as much as we're advocates for reducing the number of hours we work, what we're looking for is a better society. Reducing the number of hours that we work gives us that, but there might be other things that other companies find work better for them. There
0: are so many positives, but there must also be some negatives. I mean, one of the things I've heard with people working at home during lockdown is that sort of burnout because there's no strict line about where the work starts and the home life begins.
1: I mean, one of the reasons why we need to shorten our work week is if we, did, we wouldn't have to if we just stuck to a standard 40-hour work week with no cell phones and smartphones and no email that was disturbing us at night and, and, and on the weekends and on our holidays. I mean, if you think about it, when the 40-hour work week was brought in, generally it was just dad going to work. He didn't work terribly far from home. He was home most nights for dinner with the family. When he was home on the weekends, he wasn't on his smartphone. And when he went on holiday with the family over the summer break, everybody went to a beach and nobody was concerned about whether there was um, an internet connection or not. And so that interruption of that, you know, what is known now as digital disrupt, disruption is quite manifest in terms of the way we run our lives, because of course now, not only is dad at work, but mum is and everybody's on their smartphones. So
0: how much interest do you have around the world for the four day working week?
1: We find in the US, you know, for example, there is a real culture of overwork. There is a real, they take great pride in being, Uh, in their work ethic but they're confusing busyness and productivity and actually how we how we wind that back and look at you know why are we in business I I have a great phrase that I use which I you know I think that's really important to understand it's employers we borrow our people from their lives you know our business my business isn't your life my business is my business, and it's my. And if I want to make it my life, well, all good. But when you're my, you know, somebody who works for me, I have to recognise that you have a life completely outside of what I do. And the, you know, asking you to just throw everything in. But Jack Mars nine nine six. Well, that's great for him. But unless he wants to make profit share for every single company that he owns. You know why am I why am I taking all? You know why is this a staff member taking all of the risks to their health? You know their families, you know their their, their ability to engage with civic and and charitable, um, their ability to engage with sport, all of the things that people do with their time outside of work, their ability to upskill. And when I ask you to work really long hours, I'm asking you to sacrifice all of that. And it's very difficult to see how any amount of money, realistically, is worth that. Because what I'm asking you to sacrifice is your happiness.
0: So that's it for another edition of Razor. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And also, if you want to see the videos from some of these stories, go to CGTN Europe and type in Razor. Until next time, catch you later.